Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Before we start, can we ask one thing? 74% of you that watch this channel frequently do not subscribe. If you've enjoyed our videos, please could you do me a favor and hit the subscribe button? It helps this channel more than you know, and the bigger the channel gets, the bigger the learning gets. Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Jonathan Herbs is the host of the Business Focus Podcast. He is a strategic advisor, coach, and mentor to entrepreneurial business owners, CEOs, and senior executives. In this podcast, he chats with entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs of scaling companies. It centers around their entrepreneurial journey so far and their aspirations for their companies. Hi there, welcome again. Um, today, it's my great pleasure to um, introduce Johnny Harrison, who's the CEO of Sharm Drink. Hi there, John. Hi, Jonathan. Good to meet you. Yeah, and you. Thanks so much for joining me. No problem at all. So listen, why don't we um, just jump straight in? Um, and We might start with your entrepreneurial journey so far leading up, because you've only just been recently appointed to, to this role. So just give you know, a quick um, background and then um, some background on, on Shine as well. Yeah, so I mean, Shine Drinks has been around for around seven years. It's a uh, nootropic energy drink. So focuses on um, providing a better alternative to the uh, energy drinks that are available in market using nootropic natural ingredients. Um, not, not full of sugar. No sugar. Yeah, zero sugar, all natural, uh, no flavorings. Um, so yeah, really uh, different proposition and uh, really targeting those people that are looking for energy. And obviously caffeine has become a bit of a way of life for most people these days, whether it's coffee or energy drinks. But doing it in a in a better for you way with some functional benefits, right? And you, what's your journey been up until being appointed? Yeah, so I've been here for about four months. Um, you know, prior to that, uh, I probably had a reasonably corporate career. Um, I started off my career at Price Coopers many many years ago, um, and did lots of different things, but focused uh, on retail and consumer goods. Um, I was then fortunate enough to to get a job with Lion, uh, the brewery. And I worked with them for about 10 years uh, in a whole heap of different roles across uh, commercial sales, commercial marketing, business development. Um, but really what piqued my entrepreneurial interest was um, a role there looking after their portfolio of um, investment um, options that they have. So they owned um, uh, 50% of Remedy Kombucha. Uh, they also did some small equity stakes in some technology startups that were sort of adjacent to beer. So, you know, one was around um, an ordering platform for cafes and restaurants. Uh, one was a delivery service. Um, and so I um, ended up on the board of those businesses and went through uh, what was a really interesting period, helping those businesses scale and grow from going out there and looking for seed investment all the way through to, to scaling and growing. And um, in many cases, you know, Series A, Series B funds. Um, and during COVID as well, which was a really challenging time for a lot of those small startups, but uh, yeah, very fruitful for most of them in the end. So um, yeah, that's been my journey really. Right. Um, so listen, tell me, so you've sort of described your uh, your perfect client. Um, can you take me through a step further? I mean, where would, we find, where would I find you? Yeah, so... Shine's available in all major petrol and convenience stores. So I don't think 7-Eleven, Ampol, BP, United, Chevron, etc. Uh, well, in other words, I don't buy Red Bull one time and want to buy you. Is that the, is that the point? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we, we sit there in the what they call the energy fridge. 
with Red Bull and V and, and some of those other guys. And it's really about disrupting those consumers and saying, hey, you know, why pick up a traditional energy drink that's full of sugar and full of chemicals? And why not get the same energy hit from a, a product that's better for you and actually has some really strong health benefits behind it with, um, you know, turmeric and ginseng and ginger extracts, um, you know, things that are proven to, to actually be functionally beneficial. So, yeah, in all those petrol and convenience channels, um, also in grocery in Coles and Woolworths uh, and Harris Farm um, and branching out into some um, more niche areas like health food stores. We're in quite a few gyms locally as well. So, um, yeah, trying to get the brand down about as much as we can. Thank you. So this one, this next question is a difficult one for you because um, I'm, I'm asking about the pandemic and what actions you took in the business. Uh, and you were there. So maybe you could sort of go back a bit. And you know, what actions um, in the businesses that you were working in um, did you take in, in the pandemic that have stuck with the business? Yeah, so the businesses I was working with at the time, um, you know, uh, and as I mentioned, a few of these agile technology startup businesses and, and with a few of them, we, we thought it was, you know, the end. Um, everyone was not going out and, um, you know, things were looking pretty bleak. So I think that the key action there was around just acting early and being decisive. Um, you know, sitting on your hands and waiting for the government or somebody to tell you what the best course of action is just ultimately didn't didn't happen quickly enough. So, you know, be really decisive and back your own decisions and um, you know, win and win and learn from those things. So, you know, if, if you make a decision and it's a win, then that's great. If you make a decision and it turns out not to be the right decision, then pivot quickly and, and learn. Um, and I think that's a mentality that I've taken forwards, um, you know, since those times is um, be, be be agile, be reactive, back your decisions, but don't die on your sword over previous decisions. Be, be prepared to be flexible and learn along the way. It's it's really a good point. Um, you know, it's fascinating with my clients. Um, you know, I, I often say to uh, to them that, you know, the, re- the reason you're successful is you, you've um, failed or made more mistakes than everybody else. Yeah. But being smart enough to get to pivot and, and move on. Absolutely. So what, is, what do you reckon um, the business looks like, um, I'd say the future looks like for, for the business and what, do you, what are your main challenges going forward? Yeah, so um, look, I think the future is really bright. We're, we're sort of scratching the surface of of where we are, where we play. Um, as I mentioned, our products are based on nootropic ingredients and nootropics is a trend that's sort of getting quite big in the US at the moment. Um, and as with most things in Australia, what happens in the US sort of happens here a couple of years later. I've seen that throughout my career in beverages, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic. So I think there'll be a, a big trend of nootropics and that awareness around what our brand stands for and being Australia's first nootropic drink and the largest, I think is going to stand as a really good stead. I think, you know, beyond that is is taking our product globally. Um, yeah, I think there's very exciting opportunities at the moment in Southeast Asia, Europe and Canada in particular. Uh, I think this product resonates really well in those particular markets. So really excited to be exploring some of those options at the moment. Um, I, you know, in terms of challenges, I think right now, short term, it's like most people, there's there is a cost of living pressure um, and, you know, we are a premium product. You know, we're not the cheapest products on the shelf and nor do we want to be, but that kind of comes with its own challenges with cost of living pressures. Um, but, you know, hopefully we're seeing some good signs that the economy is improving and that's a short-term blip. 
Um, we're in the nice position that we're in the largest and fastest growing category in beverages uh, in the market. So you you can mask a little bit of that um, challenge with the um, inherent growth in the category, but it's still there and it's still present. And you do see the flight to uh, to value at the moment from a number of consumers. Yeah, it's a, um, the dilemmas that all my clients are kind of dealing with as you as you as you get to understand. So to me, um, next, your biggest learning um, as a well, not as a business owner, but as a, as a business leader. Um, could you share that with me? Yeah, look, I think um, I think especially over you know this role and and previous roles, um, CEO, you, you have to wear many hats. Um, but equally, you've got to be aware and humble to to know your own limitations. Um, I always joke with most of the marketing professionals I work with that I'm not a marketer. I don't know what works. I'm not going to pretend to know what works, but I, I know where my limitations are. Uh, so it's, I think, knowing your limitations and surrounding yourself with the best and most passionate people you can that are really on the journey with you. Um, and yeah, just being prepared to turn your hand to many things, um, you know, Kind of jack of all trades is a is a phrase that gets banded around a lot, but I really do think in this day and age you need to. Um, you know, I'm an accountant by trade. That was where I spent my my first 20 years of my career, and um, certainly stands me in good stead, having a, a bit of a level head on my shoulders. But it, you need to be able to turn your hands to sales and operations and all sorts of areas, and um, just be prepared to learn and absorb from the best people you can. Yeah, no, there's some really good lessons in there. Um, there's a great book called. Um... Uh, a CEO only does three things. Sometimes I've just got it here. Like I could trade Taylor. And yeah, I'm not totally sure that I agree with it's only three things, but essentially, yeah, right strategy, which involves, you know, marketing sales and all that sort of thing, having the right people doing the right things and, yeah. and getting the culture right and um, having enough cash. Yes. Yeah. Mm. All that are important. <laughs> and it will be hard to prioritize them, I think. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Um, so when you think of the word successful, um, who comes to mind and, and why? Yeah, like somebody that I um, grew up watching and, and sort of idolizing, I suppose, was Richard Branson. I think he's one of those um, classic entrepreneurs who, who people refer to. But for me, it's, it's not about his measure of success. It's about the, the diversity um, and the way that he's built an incredibly strong brand which, you know, I think if you were a, um, if you were sat around a board table and someone came to you with the brand Virgin, you'd probably smirk and dismiss it. Um, but to build an incredibly strong brand and then to diversify that across so many different industries. And, you know, when we look at typically diverse businesses, they tend to, you know, originate quite old businesses that are diversified through efficiency. Um, typically, a lot of the larger Japanese businesses like, you know, Mitsubishi and Toyota and Yamaha. Um, but you look at Branson, he's managed to do that, you know, in recent times under a brand that people would have probably been challenged by and just incredibly diverse. I also love the way that he he takes that brand and his passion and his learnings and then he puts it into areas that he really cares about. So, you know, music and space exploration and travel and, you know, there's there's some obvious ones in there, which are probably business decisions like banking, but, you know, he's not afraid to to follow his dreams and, and back his passions, which... To me, is is the sign of a true entrepreneur because if you love what you do, then you never work a day in your life. So, it's a it's a fair point. I feel, I feel that way about my business. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast this morning on, on my walk, um, and um, 
uh, it's a podcast called How I Built This, which is a fabulous, um, a fabulous podcast about how entrepreneurs build their businesses. Yeah. And um, the guy being interviewed was the founder of a company called Kinkos, which was a um, uh, was sold to FedEx for three billion dollars and phenomenal, a phenomenal, um, uh, a phenomenal success story. But the reason it was called Kinkos was because um, his nickname as a child was Kinky because he had curly hair. And you know, it's extraordinary with the brand names come from. Um, are you a reader? I listen to podcasts. Um, any recommendations? Yeah. Um, so I, I do read. Uh, I love to unwind at night with a book. Um, and also a bit of podcast listening as well. Um, I think, you know, I'm probably from a business side, um, I always have a well-thumbed copy of Playing to Win on the on the desk. Um it's probably getting on a little bit in years now, but I think it's still very relevant. Who's uh, that by? Uh, Lafley and Martin. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. So um, probably one of your more classic uh, strategy books, but it, it yeah. goes into some of the basics extremely well. And um, I think it's always a good to, to ground yourself in that and, and pick it up, you know, once a year and just, you know, reread. Um, the other one I quite like as a, as a podcast is The Introvert Entrepreneur. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's a good podcast series. I think there's a couple of hundred episodes now, and it's um, it's it's really nice. It's around you know entrepreneurs who aren't um, extrovert, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, and so it's about you know being successful without sort of self promotion. Um, and I think in the um, I think in this day and age, there's a lot of the uh, you know social media heroes and influencers, which is very self promoting and. You know the true entrepreneurs that can can do that without the self promotion, um, and the people you haven't heard of and aren't necessarily famous. They've often got some really really sage advice and really interesting stories. So that's a that's a good listen. Okay, great. Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll go and look at that. I've just written a blog on you know Australian entrepreneurs and um, the success secrets. So it'd be interesting to have a look and see who you yeah. missed. And then probably my other one. I'm I'm a big sailor. Um, I've sailed all my life and. There's a really good um, book by a gentleman called Eric Twynham called Sail, Race, and Win. And it's all around, um, you know, developing winning mental strategies. And a large chunk of the book is is very technical on sailing, but he has some really good advice. And, and I, I used to coach a lot of sailing and still do. Um, but a lot of his advice, I find you can translate really well into business as well. So, you know, things like if, if you spend the race watching the boats behind you and hoping they don't catch you, you'll never end up racing with those boats. Whereas if you spend your race looking at the boats in front of you and trying to catch them, you'll end up sailing with those boats. And I think it's the same in business, you know, don't look over your shoulder and be afraid that the competition are going to catch you up. Like look look forwards and think around, you know, how do I get where I want to be, not kind of keeping an eye on what's going on behind you. I piss in advance. When yeah. We don't have that where do you sail out of? Uh, I sail at the moment out of uh, Middle Harbour in Sydney and also at Narrabeen Lakes up on the northern beaches. Uh, Let's say so flying ants at um, uh, the Yacht Club oh, many decades ago now. Yes, I've got a nine-year-old and an 11-year-old daughter who are both very sailing obsessed as well, which yeah. is uh, nice that they picked up on the family hobby. Yeah. Um, so I'm spending lots of time driving boats all over the country at the moment doing events, which is it's lovely. My greatest regret is that we live in Barrel and we're not close to, not close to the world. Anyway, um, any last piece of advice for entrepreneurs out there? Um, I, I always say back yourself, you know, um, take the big decisions and, and just back yourself. I, um, 
when I moved from the UK to Australia 15 years ago, um, my wife and I decided we were going to take a bit of a break. And I approached Pricewaterhouse that I was working for at the time and said, you know, can you transfer me to Sydney? And they said, yeah, no problem. We do that. We'll send you over there. And I said, oh, and can I have some time off? And they said, yeah, what do you want? Three, four weeks? And I said, oh, a year and a half? And he, there was this pause and um, and the managing partner said, well, I'm not going to pay you, but sure. And I, I asked him later over a beer, I said, you know what, why did you say yes? And he said, well, most people wouldn't have the courage to ask. So, you know, back yourself and if you don't ask, you don't get. Um, and that's kind of stayed with me of, you know, if you don't ask and you don't back yourself, then you'll never know. Um, and I've got my, one of my favorite quotes is Mark Twain. He says, 20 years from now, you'll regret more the things you didn't do than those you did. Yeah. And I always kind of hold that true and say, you know, is this something I'm going to look back on and regret not doing? Because I believe as as humans, we're very good at um, finding the best of any situation we find ourselves in. So even if you make a bad decision, you find yourself in not a good place, you'll make the best of it because you're there and you have to. Yeah. So um, I always like to, yeah, back myself and make the decision that feels right at the time and I genuinely believe you won't regret it if you do. Yeah, that's very good advice. Johnny, thanks so much. Great to speak to you. Thank you very much. Good to speak to you as well. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Cheers. If you were hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you watch slash listen please share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, please send an email to admin at scaleupgrowth.co. Put be a guest in the subject line and tell me a little about yourself. If you want to gauge where your business growth potential is and identify where the biggest opportunities in your business lie or where the key needs that you need to concentrate on right now are, take our assessment where you will receive personalized advice for improvement. It's quick and free. Go to scaleupgrowth.scoreapp.com. If you would like to work with me one-to-one, I love coaching and get the best outcomes that way. Send me an email to jonathan at scaleupgrowth.co and put one-to-one in the heading. Tell me a bit about your business and let's see how we can apply a great strategy for your business. So that's it for this week. Tune in next time for more great learnings from a scaling entrepreneur.